This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me in studio this morning. My co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Great, Wally. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, really big week in, uh, in soccer in the Toronto area. It was uh, certainly... What an incredible game Wednesday night down at BMO Field. Uh, it was uh, as a as it was a really special soccer game, and it was a really incredible atmosphere. Really, a special night in Toronto sports history, and we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this morning to talk about soccer and TFC and Wednesday night and what we might expect in the Cup final this Saturday night. Of course, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer. Carmine Marcantonio. Good morning, Carmine. Good morning, Walter Nazza. Good morning uh, to both of you and all the all the listeners. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. You have uh, certainly a cherished history in in uh, as part of Toronto soccer history. You are a member of Canada of uh, the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame, and uh, you had a an. Uh, a remarkable career in the old, uh, I guess they used to call it the NASL, North American Soccer League, and uh, uh, that goes back a bit. But uh, this uh, this week sort of reminds uh, at a totally different level. But uh, you played uh, you played on a team back in 1976 that yep. won the what they used to call back in those days the soccer ball, the soccer ball. The, correct, yes, and actually we were. Recognized by Toronto FC, by Bill Manning, the president, uh, that team, the, the Toronto Metros Croatia, that won that uh, soccer ball in 76, my rookie year. I was only 20 at that time, and uh, it was quite a memory. And the other night, it brought those uh, good memories uh, back to me. Uh, Major League Soccer came back to Toronto with a vengeance, and uh, and we got to give credit, uh, kudos to, to all the MLSC and Toronto FC and the coaching staff and, uh, of course, Bill Manning, its president, because it was quite a night uh, uh, the other night at the stadium. I saw it again uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I taped the game and uh, on TV. It was uh, quite, a, quite a spectacle to watch and, 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 and listen to the fans. I mean, they were definitely the 12th and the 13th men on the field, and the, and the players were just fabulous. It was just... Uh, a memorable night, and and, and it, uh, as I said, it fits the bill because it's been four years since we won that memorable soccer ball, 
And I told uh, the president, Bill Manning, that um, this could be a Norman. Uh, I, I think uh, Tron FC is definitely the favorite to take it home, take it all. Now, you went through similar paths because that team, if I can recall, uh, started off slow but then ended up going on fire, the Metro's Croatia, and you ended up winning the championship. And now the, the FC is similar to that. They've, uh, they've come a long way. Good analogy, Nance. I think uh, what happened with that team, uh, we had some controversy between uh, our coach, who was a great coach uh, for young players like myself, Bobby Arushi and Shutesk. Well, the, uh, we had quite a young team at that time, mixed with some veterans. But uh, John Markovic, who was a coach at the time, he, he coached also the at the time was Yugoslavia was it was in Croatia, uh, you know after this was yeah. before the, the the separation. But um, he coached the Olympic team. He, he was a, a good coach for young players. Uh, coach Marseille in France, and he taught a lot to the young players. But there was conflict between him and Eusebio, the great uh, Eusebio star, and and that came to an end when we lost. Uh, Three nothing against the Cosmos at Varsity Stadium. It was a, it was a full out. It was Pele on at Cosmos team. Yes, the Pele okay. was on the Cosmos team, and the t- our team Metro's Croatia. They were we were playing at best five hundred. Uh, you know, this was around July, just before the Olympics. So Varsity Stadium yeah. was being fixed up uh, for the Olympics at the time, Montreal Olympics, and the soccer was being played at Varsity Stadium. I like to call it football, as you know, Walter, <laughs> <laughs> the real football. Okay. Uh, and uh, and we played pre-Olympics. We played that game against the Cosmos. I remember very well at Varsity Stadium. And uh, John Mamakovic went to management and said, look, I want to go with younger players and I don't want Eusebio. And so management went with John Mamakovic, with the coach uh, keeping Eusebio out of the, out of the lineup uh, for that game uh, because he, he wanted to do without him altogether. A bit like happened with uh, with uh, Drogba in Montreal, Montreal right? Yeah. And um, unfortunately for John Mamak, which we lost that game uh, three nothing. Eusebio came before the game, came to the dressing room, and never forget this. Said John, Ma, I need to play this. You know, there was a, that that big rivalry between Pelé and, and Eusebio. They were the two best uh, players in the world at the time with Johan Cruyff in the seventies, and. Um, Jama said, I'm sorry, Eusebio, we can play with 12 men. So so he kept them out, not even on the bench. And uh, after we lost 3-0, it was uh, Jama got, got let go. There was a new coach that came, uh, Kapitanovic. He brought a couple of players, uh, Gurnia and uh, Lukacevic, that came from the first division in Yugoslavia uh, with Osijek. And um, he, uh, Kapitanovic made Eusebio the captain. And after that, it wasn't looking back. I mean, we really had it uh, high, high soccer, high football, and uh, and we went all the way to the soccer ball. And Eusebio was a uh, MVP at that time. Uh, you know, it was great memory. A bit like TFC. The analogy was great because I think TFC, with Vanny making some changes in the lineup, I think going with three in the back, and uh, and also with Jovinko coming back after a long injury, and Altudo also coming back at uh, playing his best football in his career. I think that. The team is just clicking. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to dwell too much on on, uh, on the old days, yes. although we tend to do that quite well, a bit on yeah, Zoomer that's Radio. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the NA, NA, 
N North American Soccer League NASL, as they used to call it, uh, existed for I guess for part of the late '60s, '70s, and early '80s. And you were you were a big part of it uh, with Metro's creation. And then I guess afterwards you played in Washington, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And then you played with the Montreal Manic, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But people forget. Um, People forget some of the quality of some of the players that played in the NASL. And listen to some of these names. Pelé, Beckenbauer, Quinalia, Carlos Alberto, Johan Cruyff, Bobby Moore, Roberto Bettiga. And talking about Roberto Bettiga, I'd completely and utterly forgotten that the Toronto Blizzard played in the soccer bowl, the finals, two years, 1983 and 1984. We didn't win. Yeah. But we played in the finals, and Betica was part of those teams. So there was there was certainly a great deal of international talent, perhaps players at the end of their careers, not in the prime of their careers. Yeah. Uh, but certainly an incredible amount of talent came through the NASL in the 1970s. And you were a young, young gentleman, uh, yeah. 20 years old, just coming off your minor soccer career in Toronto, uh, playing in, 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 in local minor soccer. What was it like playing with and against some of these legends? Yeah, uh, there were legends, uh, Walter, you're correct. I mean, the, I think the NASL was, uh, you know, I, I call ourselves a bit like pioneers for for the success of Major Soccer League, uh, MS, uh, MLS, that's uh, going on today. I think the boom of uh, football today in North America, it was because of those days. I think uh, all of a sudden we were Major League uh, in, in, in the 70s, we were comp- Competing with uh, the NFL as far as even franchises. I mean, we were as, uh, we went as high, I think, as 26 franchises. Maybe the expansion was too quick, too sudden. But all the top players, we were the top league, and all the top players in the world played, came in, in the NASL. And uh, you mentioned a lot of those players. I had the fortune as a young man uh, growing up in Toronto. Uh, as I said, I mentioned um, you know Toronto Metro's Croatia after leaving uh, Tr- Toronto Italia. That was more uh, uh, you know the NS National Soccer League at that time as a semi-pro loop as a semi-pro league. I went to play on uh, in in the, in the NSL with Eusebio. I was fortunate to play with Johan Cruyff in Washington, uh, as you mentioned, uh, against uh, the great Pelé with the Cosmos. Uh, so there were all these great players uh, from the s- late '60s and '70s and early '80s that um, that that came to play. And uh, people forget, but uh, the Cosmos were drawing 70,000-plus with, with that great team, Niskens and uh, Beckenbauer and Pele and Carlos Alberto and Quinalia. And some were towards the twilight of their career, but we also had some very young players that were coming from England, from South America. You know, the Niskens was uh, still pretty young when he came. And uh, uh, Rissenbrink from Holland and uh, uh, Lozano, that was a teammate of mine. He was a Spanish uh, playing for Anderlecht in Belgium. Uh, you know, so he was 28 when he came. So he was at the probability like Jovingo, the prime of his career. And he was paid his transfer fee. Washington, I remember, paid at the time. It was a million-dollar transfer fee. I think what I, I played for 10 years, maybe at the prime of the NASL, uh, what did the league in was um, the expenditures. Uh, you know, there was no TV contract at the time. And, uh, you know, the you cannot run a major league 
doesn't matter if it's NFL or NSL, soccer, f- f- hockey, football. You cannot run a major league unless you have uh, TV contracts. What, that's what makes it big. StubHub has tickets on sale for over $350 per ticket for the soccer game. Would you have ever expected that to happen in Toronto? Well, Naz, it's great that you say that. I mean, just the other night looking at that game, I said, you know, finally we've arrived. I've I've seen the game that I love so much um, that it's in Toronto. And the dem- demographic of, of the of the spectators, of the, the fans in Toronto has changed altogether. These are kids, young men, young ladies. It's amazing how many young people come to the stadium have become fans of t- Toronto FC from day one. It's not the old European, South American, they, you know, that goes to the stadium. It's the, the actual Canadian young people that are coming and uh, I call it the big biggest pub in, in, in the city. BMO is has been from day one and uh, and all of a sudden uh, the ticket for TFC is, is one of the biggest items in, in the city and, and this final, I, I'm not surprised at all that uh, there's such a demand and uh, we're going to have another sellout and I hope we're going to have another memorable night and uh, with, with the TFC, I predicted that TFC just to as a, as a Norman, I predicted that they were going to win soccer. Uh, I mean, soccer ball, uh, the, the 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 MLS uh, championship. Uh, I say three nothing. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm a bit too optimistic now. <laughs> Anyways, you, you know what? There's one thing. Uh, if they do win the championship, I think the uh, parade should be in Liberty Village, right where we are. Oh, because absolutely. It, it shouldn't be downtown <laughs> Toronto. It's got to be around here. So if John Tory's listening bring the parade into Liberty Village. Well, this is the heart of TFC. I mean, uh, definitely, this is the heart of uh, soccer. We we just, in front of us is uh, Lampard Stadium, and, and as I said to Walter, as soon as I came here, it brings uh, good memories, and BMO Field is not far from here. I mean, so definitely, I, I would say the parade is a good, a good thing to do, maybe, from here to go to, to the, uh, the City Hall. And actually, we had the reception when we won it. Uh, there was, at the time, I, don't, I forget who the mayor was, but we had a big reception. Is it Crombie? David Crombie? You know what? I think you're right. Might with, have been. Yeah, know. with, uh, actually, uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right. And, and um, you know, with Eusebio, we were, you know, we were at City Hall. There wasn't a parade, but this time, I think the Toronto TFC will deserve a, per- a big parade. Yeah, right on Liberty Street. It would be perfect. It would be perfect. Uh, certainly we feel like we're in the heart of the soccer district. We look across at Lamport Stadium. I know you spent a lot of time there in your youth. Uh, I, I remember a couple of my uh, my my uh, performances over at Lamport, uh, and certainly not at your level, Kadmina, but I always loved to play soccer and always remember what a special treat it was when you were 15, 16 years old playing at Lamport Stadium. Yes, uh, Walter. I mean, you know, soccer like hockey for Canadians, uh, for for Europeans. I, I was born in Italy, as you know. I came here as a, a young kid, a fourteen year old. Uh, my parents immigrated to this great city of ours, became a Canadian, represented Canada. In other words, the the, the my dream of of playing for Juventus, or eventually maybe playing for the national team of uh, of Italy, uh, it. it, it it became a dream, a reality in Canada. Uh, I didn't play for Juventus. I played for Metro Croatia. We became champions. I, I played 
with and against some of the greatest names in the in the game and i played you know i represented canada very proudly became a canadian citizen so you're right i mean i mean this is what bodes well about tfc today is that it will give inspiration to young canadian players like you and i uh you know to grow up and play football as the major uh, soccer uh, game right and uh, and i always maintain that canada as a country having had uh, a still hockey as a number one uh, na- national sport it, it fits well with soccer i mean the russians uh, you know because it's it's so similar as far as tactics you yeah. can employ the same tactics in hockey as you do in soccer and it, it just complements well and i think we could become a hockey slash soccer football nation anyways we're talking to, we've been talking to Carmen and Marc Antonio of course uh, uh local local soccer legend and uh a member of the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame and uh well, of course, a lot of our listeners will recognize you from your soccer analysis on some of the other uh, stations <laughs> over the years. Uh, you've been prominent in uh, talking soccer in the Toronto media. Anyways, we've got to go to break. And uh, kind of a minute, you're going to stay with us for the hour. We're going to change uh, gears a little bit after the break. We'll be calling Barry Melrose. We're going to talk a little bit about the other big story in Toronto, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. But kind of a minute, you're going to be here and... Uh, uh, before the end of the show, we're going to spend some more time with you and uh, we're going to talk about what we can expect sure. this Saturday night. So uh, thanks for being here and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, picking your brain a little bit more before the end of the show. Well, thank you. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzo Rotti with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings, I say for sure. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. That's nineteen ninety nine. a deal, for real, a steal. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Yo, visit pizzaville.ca or pound 3636 from your cell phone, word. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. 
This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And with us in studio this morning is uh, a local Toronto soccer legend, uh, Carmine Marcantonio. Welcome again, Carmine. Yeah, thanks, uh, Walter. I was saying, uh, if we stay on TFC before you speak to about hockey, is that the other night it was just special. It was a game under the rain, uh, and that that was uh, you know for the for the legend. It would become it will stay in history as one of the better soccer football event, if not one of the. S- uh, sports event of Toronto uh, because uh, that game had it all uh, twists and turns and uh, there was a lot of emotion and it was uh, well played by both Montreal and Toronto I thought uh, certainly I was uh, uh, I was privileged to be at the game and we're hoping to connect with Barry Melrose perhaps talk a little bit of hockey we haven't had any success this morning we'll keep trying but uh, we're certainly thrilled to continue this uh, soccer conversation I want to talk about the events from Wednesday night um I can't remember um, a sporting event in Toronto uh, that I, I mean, aside from the ones, the only one I can, uh, being physically present at, because there was, you know, watching that game on TV and being there in person, my guesses were two totally different experiences. Uh, When they say that BMO was shaking, it literally, it was. It was. You could feel the stadium shaking at certain points of the game. And it was, uh, fortunately, I was sitting in a place where the rain wasn't coming down on me, so I didn't have to worry about oh, getting well, wet. you guys are lucky. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I was also, and and uh, and actually, because you mentioned uh, the stadium, uh, Walter and Naz, I think uh, we need we need to recognize uh, a, a person that uh, was very instrumental to make BMO what it is today and also to make TFC yeah. what it is today and Tim Lewick I hope I will pronounce it properly Tim Lewicki yeah. yeah I think I think we MLSC and, and TFC owe a lot to this uh, gentleman because I think he brought a different mentality to Toronto and, and, and to the franchises so we're talking about hockey we're talking about football uh, with, with, with uh, TFC and, and uh, the Raptors I mean we've had, we're having some success in the city finally with teams uh, entertaining and winning talking about success and talking about entertainment we now are pleased to have uh, welcome to the Nazimoli Sports Hour uh, noted NHL uh, analyst and uh, former NHL coach Barry Melrose how are you this morning Barry? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing fantastic, and thanks so uh, thanks so much for joining us this morning. And uh, we've been talking a little bit of soccer here because soccer is the big story in Toronto this week. But the one story that does not go away in Toronto is uh, we seem to feel that we've got an exciting young hockey team here in Toronto. Barry, uh, you watch the Leafs at all, and what's your assessment? 
watch the Leafs all the time, uh, and the assessment is right. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be this year where they make the playoffs, but certainly uh, you've never probably the last uh, you know number of decades been this optimistic about a Leaf team. Uh, Matthews is everything that he was built. Nylander's awesome. Marner's awesome. You've got the defense, young defense. You're getting good goaltending. Uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever happens this year, they're going to get some more high draft picks this year. So, uh, yeah, I think being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan uh, now is probably the best it's been in a long, long time. And and it's a it's a team that should sustain for a while because everybody's in their early 20s. Some guys are still in their teens. That means this team's going to grow up together and they're going to be good for a number of years. So. Uh, it's you know it's probably really really uh, good Christmas here for the Maple Leaf fans uh, the best Christmas they've had in a long long time. Barry Arizona and Colorado are probably the only teams out of the playoffs right now after the quarter poll. Uh, is the NHL reached parity? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and you can argue it's good, you can argue it's bad, but it's definitely there. Uh, you know we we're looking at the playoff races. You, you mentioned there's really only two teams out of them. And, if those two teams uh, won five games in a row, they'd be right back in it. Uh, you know, every team's got young stars. Uh, you know, seven Canadian teams missed the playoffs last year. It looks like at least three will probably make them this year. Uh, you know, uh, it's everybody's run by good GMs. Nobody gets their pockets picked consistently like there was in the 70s when Sam Pollock was just uh, raping the rest of the, <laughs> the NHL, uh, sending veteran old players for uh, – number one draft picks. Uh, so Montreal continue to win every year. Uh, smart people running the organizations. And you're seeing that with the drafts. Everybody drafts well. You don't see teams making bad trades the way they used to. And everybody handles the salary cap pretty well. So uh, parity has definitely hit the NHL. We're talking to Barry Melrose. Barry, um, one team that's really uh, took off uh, – at the, from the starting gate, uh, with a with a lot of steam, was the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, obviously, the obvious answer is is the is the man between the pipes. Are are the Habs that good? Um, are they? No, uh, they're they're a good team, and, and with Carey Price, he's uh, arguably the best goaltender in the world. So he gives them a chance to win every night. We saw last year when he was playing early, they were awesome. He got hurt; they didn't make the playoffs. But, uh, you know, I, I like the deal, Shea Weber. I think that's made them a better team. Radulov's made them a better team. That was a good pickup by Bergeron. Uh, they've got some good young players. Uh, so they're, they're better defensively than they were last year. But it all comes to Carey Price. And, and if he stays healthy, they're certainly a playoff team. And when you have a goaltender like that, you're capable of beating anybody. Uh, but I, I look at their team. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're the best team in the NHL. I think they're better teams. But... That goaltender is just such an equalizing factor in the NHL, and, and they have the best one. Barry, what is your assessment of what transpired in Florida this past, past week with Gerard Gallant? Well, I've been fired a couple times, so uh, <laughs> I certainly know how it feels. It, it's, not a, it's not a nice feeling. I, I, I know it's, everyone's sort of detached uh, because it's not happening to them, but if you've ever been fired, it's not the, the greatest feeling in the world. And, and as a coach... You know, I, I don't think anyone, you know, uh, Florida has the right to fire the coach. You can argue, was it the right call, was it the wrong call? But I, I think how it was done was the worst factor with the cab outside. Uh, you know, they can say there was a town car supposed to be coming, things like that. But it was a, uh, it was a publicity nightmare for the Florida Panthers. And uh, it, it made them look very, very poor. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I think, and I play with Jerry. I know Jerry uh, very, very well. He's a great guy. 
Uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, the players liked him, but, you know, they they were above 500 when they fired a coach. Uh, that's very rarely at this at the 20-game mark you fire a coach when he's above 500, but that's neither here nor there. Florida has a chance of doing it, but it made them look very, very poor as an organization the way it happened and the way it came down. Talking to Barry Melrose. Barry, we're a little bit more than a quarter through the season, and at this time last year, if you had a look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm not so sure that they would have been in one of the top three picks to win the Stanley Cup, but their season certainly turned around. Uh, at this point, uh, at this point of the season this year, who uh, who do you see as uh, potential Stanley Cup finalists? Uh, well, if 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 you look at right now, the teams I like, uh, I, I I still like Pittsburgh in the East. I like Tampa a lot in the East. Uh, the Stamkos injury certainly has been a factor, but I, I think Tampa, uh, if, if Stephen can come back for the playoffs, are as good as anybody in, in the uh, East. You know, Washington's Washington, but they let us down in the playoffs. Uh, but you, you still you still got to look at Pittsburgh. Uh, that that is a good hockey club. When they get everybody healthy, they know what it takes to win. They're still all in their prime. In the West, uh, you know, I liked LA at the start of the year. I, I still like them. I, I like the way they're built. Uh, you know, let this team get quick back in the lineup, uh, get, let him get in shape. I still think uh, it's one of the uh, best teams in the NHL and certainly one of the best teams in the West. So, I, I, you know, I would say Tampa, uh, you know, Tampa, L.A., uh, Pittsburgh, L.A. I like L.A. a lot. Uh, Barry, I want to come back to uh, the blue and white, uh, the, the, local, uh, the local team here that we're all excited about so far this year. And it's I, I find it amazing... <laughs> that uh, hockey players, I'd like you to comment on it, if the game's changed in any respect in terms of it becoming, they use the cliche, it's become a young man's game. Uh, And it's, I find it, you know, you get, I don't like to use the word kids because these are developed young men. Uh, But in the vernacular, they are kids. Um, They they, they make such an impact. and, And it's not just, you know, generational players. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of young players in the NHL, and we saw it, and it, and it really hit home when we watched the under twenty three team at at the World Cup of Hockey. That the incredible skill level that these and that these uh, young hockey players have at such an advanced age has something changed. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot's changed. Uh, the way these players are taught. Uh, if you look at young players now, they have. Uh, nutritional coaches they have skating coaches they have stick handling coaches they have shooting coaches uh, they have uh, psychologists uh, working with them uh, so they're, they're they're much better prepared mentally and physically uh, for a career in hockey than guys like I was like I was I grew up in the summer I'd be eating chips and chocolate bars and having beer on the weekend and and doing a little bit of running and some uh, push-ups some sit-ups and that was our summer um, program, but now these guys train for 12 months. They they're trained scientifically, uh, so they're much much better uh, prepared uh, to make a living out of hockey. And the game is, is much more uh, driven by the young players because the salary cap. Uh, you know, it's a lot cheaper to pay a young guy uh, in the NHL than it is to pay an older guy. Uh, that's why you're seeing guys like Travis Mullen just retired the other day. Here's a guy that was still, you know, in his 30s and, and was still a pretty good hockey player. But, uh, you know, older guys want more money than younger guys, whereas you get a young guy, uh, first, second-year guy, he'll come in the NHL. And, uh, he's got the league minimum, and, and he's got the rookie salary cap, and they know what they're going to pay him and, and things like that. So uh, it, it, financially, with the salary cap, it's, it's much more designed for younger players in the NHL, but also 
younger players have never been better than they are right now. Uh, if you if you get an old guy on your show and he says, well, that guy couldn't play when I played, he's full of crap. Uh, these young guys are great players, and they're all great skaters. There's not a there's not a bad skater in the NHL anymore, and that's because of the speed of the game, and I think that's good. Um, I, do I miss the physicality of the old days? Uh, yeah, I do. But if you're comparing the, the game uh, now and the game 20 years ago, there's no comparison. The game is much better now. Barry, they're trying to find somebody to play with John Tavares on the island, and Tavares is going into his final year of his contract next year. And there's always rumblings around Toronto that they're going to wait for him in Toronto, but I don't see that. What do the Islanders have to do to get out of it? I don't think the Islanders can do anything about it. Uh, uh, the worst thing that happened to him is having a bad year this year and having a bad team because uh, you're making John Tavares' uh, decision for him. Uh, there's no way he's going to stay in the island with a bad team. Why would he uh, when he can pick and choose wherever he wants to go? Stamkos did the same thing last year. He took a peek. Uh, he decided that Tampa was the best place for him and that gave him the best opportunity to win. So uh, John Tavares is going to do the same thing and, and – if the Islanders miss the playoffs, the Islanders are not going to be on that list of, uh, of teams he wants to play for. So, uh, very, very tough situation. The Islanders are not a good team. Uh, the trades and decisions they made this summer did not work. Uh, Ladd is not scoring. Uh, Chimera is not scoring. Uh, you know, they let Oppose go, and Oppose is having a pretty good uh, start with Buffalo. But, uh, you know, they're they're a struggling team right now. they got a good defense. they got three good goalies, but... Uh, they got uh, people that aren't putting the puck in the net, so they're in trouble. And, and uh, you know, the longer this goes, which I think it will, uh, you know, they might as well just give John Tavera a going away party at the last game of the year before uh, the playoffs start. Anyways, we've been talking to Barry uh, Barry Melrose, of course. Uh, Barry, listen, thanks so much for joining us. It's always a it's always a privilege for us for you to uh, come on to our show and uh, share your hockey expertise with our listeners uh, i'm sure they very much appreciate it and we very much appreciate it thank you so much and merry christmas to all you uh you guys up there in canada i always love coming on your show and talking hockey thanks so much and merry christmas to you and your family barry thanks so much yeah bye have a nice day that of course was uh barry melrose and um the john Tavares rumors are going to start now <laughs> you're, you're a bad boy Naz. <laughs> I think you started the whole Steven Stamkos stuff on this show like about three years ago. You're just, you're an agitator. <laughs> you're you're one. You're you're a sports radio talk show host with with sandpaper. I guess that's what they call it. We've got in studio, of course, Carmen and Marc Antonio, who's uh, uh, and uh, once again, Carmen, thanks so much for uh, coming down to join us and sharing your uh, memories of. Toronto Metro's Croatia and your fantastic soccer career, and uh, of course, we've got TFC. We want to. Talk about the incredible, uh, incredible performance from the other night. We were talking about how the stadium. I, I like I said, uh, we we're uh, just before we went to Barry Melrose. I was, was trying to contemplate an event in Toronto. Of course, it was the the infamous Jose Bautista bat flip, um, of course, which is at you know at, at its own level. There was the Doug Gilmore goal against uh, Curtis uh, against Curtis Joseph with Bob Cole with one of the great calls in. Uh, in history, but if you, you know, there's something about that game. The, the buzz started, you could feel it outside the stadium as you were walking in, and of course you've got that incredible section that you call Toronto's largest pub, and you got these guys going crazy, throwing smoke bombs, taking their shirts off, having fun, and the whole crowd, from beginning of the game, to, I didn't sit the whole game. I actually stood up and watched the whole game. Um... 
I can't imagine going to a soccer game uh, and being that excited about soccer. Of course, I've had excitement watching the the Azzurri over the years, and you know, <laughs> the the Brazil Italy game in 1982, the greatest soccer game ever played in in 1970 in Italy and West Germany in the semifinal, and Italy uh, in in West Germany the semifinal in 2006. Um, those games got me excited because I have that passion about soccer. And, you know, Toronto FC, to be fair, is not Champions League. It's not Juve. It's not Milan. It's not Manchester. It's not Barcelona. It's not Real. But for anybody who was in that stadium Wednesday night, it was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, as I said, I was watching Barcelona-Real Madrid yesterday, El Clásico. Clásico. And, uh, I mean... For the purest, uh, that's the ultimate. I mean, if we talk about football, of course, uh, you can't get any better than that. You got the best two teams in the world, two of the two, you know, arguably two of the best teams in the world with the two of the best players in the world, Messi and Ronaldo. Ninety thousand on new camp in 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 Barcelona, and uh, it, it was also an amazing game. But I tell you something: when it comes to passion, and when it comes to 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 noise level, and when it comes to 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 even the game itself, from a competing standpoint, from a, from a drama, that, that game had everything. That it had game, everything. Thirty-six thousand people sounded like ninety thousand a new comp, yeah. maybe more. The the stadium was rocking. It was, it was literally. I tell you, it was shaking. It, it was, was shaking. It was shaking from my living room. Yes, <laughs> yes. and and the noise level. As I said, I watched it again on TV. I was myself present at the stadium, and then I watched it on yeah. TV. Even on TV, it was amazing the noise level that I didn't get watching Real Madrid Barcelona. So, you know, uh, when it comes to sports event, it's it's a moment. It's not always the best soccer that will get people excited. It's also the drama, and and and, and that was a f- physical game. And you know, and I thought did a great job because he allowed some physical contact to, to you know borderline contact but he allowed the game to go on so there was also some fluid fluidity in the game itself so had had everything had the ups and downs and had uh, uh, you know Toronto FC being out of the the final and then back in and then out again and back in so and, and I think the greatest moment personally I thought that's where TFC won it is when Haglund got up, I don't know how many, uh, two meters high, like a great jumper that he is. He's a great header of the ball, and and he scored that uh, 3-2 Three goal. goals were scored by the head that game. Well, yeah, Naz, it's amazing that how many goals have been scored in, in, in the top football games on, on restarts. Yeah, yeah, and and that came that goal came from off a corner kick. That's right, a short corner kick that was taken by Cooper, who also has been one a good revelation for a good acquisition for TFC because is a young man from Panama that has done really well, and it actually was also one of these changes that Vanny made, the coach Vanny made that just seemed to 
click all of a sudden and in when you got the formation right and 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 the the the, the man the, the the team is amalgamated well and and playing top soccer but you you're right that's what happens the the the, the first two goals came off corner kicks for, uh, taken by Jovinko and Altador in the, the second goal in the first post that was poorly defended I thought by Montreal Uh, and then you know the first goal was huge also by the one one goal by Cooper, but again Aglan was the one to win the header mm. of yeah. of a corner kick. So there's a lot of goals that have been scored off uh, restarts. Anyways, we've been talking to Carmen Mark Antonio about TFC, and uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, right after the break, we're going to be talking to Sean Clement. We want to talk about Tiger Woods. New swing and uh, just like your swing, just huh? like your swing, <laughs> and uh, and then we'll be coming back to you right after that, and we'll finish the show off. We're talking about TFC and this coming game Saturday night. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. A little bit of a scheduling change right now. We were going to 
talk uh, Tiger Woods swing with uh, Sean Clement, but uh, we're going to put that over for a couple of weeks. Uh, we want to explore it in depth. Uh, a lot of changes. Uh, the, obviously, the return of Tiger Woods this week has been to the to the PGA Tour has been a huge, huge story. He's come back, and uh, every every golf analyst in the world has been dissecting his swing as has Sean Clement, and uh, certainly we're looking forward to having Sean in with us in in a few weeks' time where we can really, really talk about Tiger Woods' new swing in depth. Uh, I know there's a couple of golfers, or a few golfers in studio this morning. Carmine, I, I uh, bump into you at the golf course every now and then, and uh, Naz, I know you've been known to swing a club. And, uh, a really mean club, though. And everybody, a... everybody who knows me is aware of my passion for that game. Um, Our next, our next life, we're going to be golfers. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I play a lot better than I do in this you know, life. But The Tiger but, Woods thing, though, you know, yeah. he has come back. And it was, there was only one analyst, that it was Ian Leggett, that said that uh, Tiger looked really good after the first round. Everybody else was going, ha, ha, here he goes again, right? And it turns out Ian Leggett's right. Uh, Woods has turned it around. Well, you know, I was talking to uh, Sean. Sean, of course, as our listeners know, is our go-to golf guy. Um, um, you can find him at he's, – he's actually one of Canada's great golf teachers. And if you ever want to learn in depth more about the golf swing, you may check out his material on YouTube, Sean Clement, or on his website, wisdomandgolf.com. And uh, I was driving down the DVP this morning uh, on the way here. I had a brief chat with Sean. And uh, he's, I mean, he looked at Tiger's swing and he, he, you know, they're calling it a new swing. It's, it's really what I think what Tiger has tried to do is go back. And this, uh, these are in the words of Sean Clement, who's uh, as astute a golf observer as I know. Uh, so he's gone back to his 15-year-old swing. And when he says 15-year-old, he doesn't mean 15 years ago. He means the swing that Tiger had when he was 15 years old. Um, and... Uh, like I said, a lot of people are impressed. Uh, of course, you got to get that short game under control. Kahneman, you know that. It's all about uh, play yeah. around the green as well. Well, you know, I, I didn't follow. I, I read about Tiger come back, and uh, he's been competing well on, on, the, on this tournament. I, I don't know where he stands. I know he's a few strokes. He's probably in the, he's in the middle of the pack. Yeah, there's one, one golfer right. that's... Blown a little away, but. Yeah. but you know, you know, in sports like uh, like, it's very difficult to to be on top all the time. And Tiger was on top for so long, and wasn't his um, last uh, swing coach? Well, last his uh, golf coach wasn't he a Canadian? Oh, that was Sean Foley. He's had uh, he's, he's had, had Sean few, Foley. Few he's, changes. He had an, he's got a guy right now that's providing him with uh, consulting. I don't know if you call him a coach, Chris Como. Um, He's had quite a few. He's had Butch. He's had Hank Haney. He's had, yeah. he's had quite a few over the years. Um, but from what I've seen and what I've read, he's 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 created a swing that should be easier on his back because injuries have been the big problem in the last few years. Yeah, and and I was saying at, at the end of the day, to 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 win, it's there's such a fine line, and I can I don't think that Tiger. Can win just because he made a swing change. I think it's it, it comes down to you know what's inside your head, right? <laughs> and also the body. Uh, if he's healthy again, Tiger's got the talent. Yeah. Doesn't matter with what swing to to win. Yeah. It's just a question whether he's got 
the, his head is, is all together there, his mind is all together there, and, and also phys- physically, can he do it again? Yeah. Well, you know one thing I, I heard on the broadcast yesterday when I saw Tiger Woods? He, it, it must have been mentioned at least five times by the analyst. They said he's made an equipment change. They must have said it five times. So the clubs he was using was Nike, wasn't it? Um, Before you know, that's interesting. I'm, I'm not. Ex- I th- and I think they were saying he's got better equipment, golf equipment. Well, that may be. Um, yeah, he's got a he's got a really hodgepodge of a golf bag right now. It's, it's it's, you know, he's gone back to his old Scotty Cameron, his putter. He's changed golf balls. He's now playing a Bridgestone, and apparently they're making a big deal out of that. He's got some tailor-made woods, and he's got. He may in fact be playing with his old Nike irons. I'm not sure. But uh, I mean, I was reading the commentaries on it. Is 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 golf bags a huge hodgepodge right now? Uh, and whether that the biggest change is he's changed his golf ball, um, which you know golfers who play at that level it does make a difference for the average hacker like like us. I'm not I'm not referring to you, Kyle. <laughs> minute, but for the average hacker, you know, we think that this golf ball makes a huge difference. I'm not so sure that it does. But anyways, I I don't want to I don't want to. We're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna have Sean Clement in a couple of weeks. We're gonna investigate. We're gonna do this Tiger story in a lot more depth. But we want to take advantage of the expertise that we have in studio today, which is of course. Uh, you know what? You're, by the end of this show, you're gonna you're gonna get me to start calling it football rather than soccer. So right, right. we have some football expertise in studio, which is Carmen and Marc Antonio, uh, of course, a Can- member of the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame, member of that great Toronto team, the last Toronto team that won a major soccer championship, that 1976 team. You were what position did you play on that team, Carmen? Well, I I always been a midfield, uh, okay. but uh, you know I adapted over the over the years, and uh, you know there were games that I played in Washington and Montreal. Also, uh, you know I played uh, some defense, uh, central defense, because I, even though I'm not that big of a guy, but uh, you know I could get up quite well ahead of the ball. So I did play some defensive uh, position, fullback uh, in Montreal for a bit with uh, with uh, Eddie Firmani, and also as as a centre back in Washington. But but mostly midfield. Though. Saturday night, Saturday. eight o'clock, BMO Field. Five centimeters of snow. I want to talk about <laughs> two things. I want you to assess. I want you to break down the game for us. What does TFC have to do to win that game? I don't know how familiar you are with the Seattle or the the Sounders. The Sounders. Okay. I don't know how familiar you are with that team. I'm not familiar with them at all. Uh, what does TFC have to do to that game, and how much? Can the weather have an impact on that game? After all, it is December 10th. The wind chill factor is likely to be down probably five, six, seven below the zero. The high is supposed to be minus one with the wind chill of minus nine yeah. right now. So. Um, latest I ever remember playing soccer was probably first week in November. And when it gets cold outside, it hurts when you got to head that ball. But these are professionals. So size up the game for us. How much difference does the weather make? Um, the weather won't be a factor, and you know, I, I think they played the amazing, an amazing game. Uh, TFC and and Montreal impact under uh, under rain, and, and it was a beautiful night for football uh, the other night on Wednesday. So I uh, supposed to get chillier, colder, but again. 
the stadium is is made to to you know for for the, apparently there's heat underneath uh, underneath that even if there may be some snow snowflake they're talking about maybe having some snowflakes on on Thursday or Friday I'm not sure but I, I don't think that'll be a factor even because of the the heating system that they have on, on underneath the ground so the snow will not be a factor uh, I think there'll be a factor for the for the fans. Make sure that we go to the stadium uh, wrapped up pretty well and pretty warm because uh, the players, you know, they're just going to go out there and, and TFC is going to go out there with the same aggressiveness and the same passion. And I think uh, they definitely will be the favorite, even though, uh, you know, Seattle Sounders, by the way, the Sounders is the same name that they had in the old NSL. So uh, Seattle was a great market then in the seven, in, in, when they came in the league in the 70s, and they're still a, a big market uh, football town. And uh, so they're gonna, it's going to be a game. It's going to be a game. It's going to be a final. As you know, Walter, in a final, anything could happen. Uh, but I think Toronto playing at home in front of their 12th, 13th men, because Toronto... FC from day one, the fans have been just tremendous. Now they got a product on the field that, that to get excited about because this team is clicking, is playing as a team. I gotta give my my you know the, to the coach Greg Vanny. Uh, he, he's he's made all the right selection in, in the last month or so, and with this formation, playing three in the back, is, it's working better as a system because it's allowing the flanks. Um, uh, the, the, I forget always Justin Morrow and, and Peter Bittershaw it's allowing them to play like wings and, and a lot of the goals are coming from from the the width from uh, left and, and and right so they, they could push forward a lot more and then they got the captain uh, Michael Bradley is a, is a great leader he's that's what makes him special because he's fearless. He's the actual leader of this team, and uh, I, I would have him my team anytime because uh, he's uh, he's really a great a great player. Yeah, he's been their best player through the playoffs. He's really uh, he's he's stymied a lot of the uh, offense from the other teams. Well, he's he's uh, you're right. I mean, he's the kind of guy that uh, makes it happen both in the defensive uh, setup and also, you know, going forward because he's got good feet, he's got good vision, he's, a, he's a, as I said, but his biggest attribute is is a is a warrior. And and uh, and and the team he seemed to lead well and the team followed quite well. But the difference maker I think is due uh, could be Jovinko again in in his uh, restart. What's the status of Jovinko? I think I think Sebastian will be fine. I, I, I think while well, he had cramps at the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't any major muscle pull or, or groin pull that that was his. Uh, Injury that uh, that he had that kept him out for a good month, so he should be he should be fine, and I think he could be the difference maker because you know Sebastian has got great speed, he's got good skills, and he's uh, he's done well since he left Juventus uh, to come here to the TFC, and I think all of a sudden he's been the best player in the MLS uh, for the last two years, and and then with Altidore. Uh, Playing the way he's playing with that kind of passion, uh, you know, Altidore, as I said, he's probably been the best player for Toronto FC. You know, if we're looking at Toronto FC the last two months, Ricketts, the guy comes off the bench and gets big goals all the time. You find he comes in in the 70th minute, 60th minute, he produces. What do you think of his play? 
you know, uh, records. He's a Canadian kid, right? Yes, he's a Canadian kid, and and uh, he's done well as as uh, the thirteenth man. Uh, yeah. Coming coming in, he's probably the second choice off the bench uh, for for Vanny, and this guy is quick, is is light as a feather, and uh, he's been he's been uh, really playing well. Well, that's another week for the Nazarwali Sports Hour. Carmine, Marc Antonio, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it was a pleasure, and again to talk football, and uh, we hope that we're gonna do it uh, and Saturday have night. Toronto champion again. Liberty, Last word. Liberty Village will be rocking Saturday night. Anyways, go TFC, go. It's been another great week for the Nazawali Sports Hour. Hopefully we'll be back here in celebratory mode next Sunday morning. Have a great week, everyone. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.